This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everyone? I'm coming on the road to do stand-up. October 12th, I'll be in Toledo. October 15th, I'll be at Hilarities in Cleveland. November 1st, I will be at the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut. November 2nd, I will be in New Brunswick, New Jersey. On the 5th of November, I'm going to be at the... New York Comedy Club doing the New York Comedy Festival right here in New York City. November 15th, I'm in Dallas at Hyenas. November 16th, I'm in Austin at the Vulcan. Do not miss that one. On December 14th, I'm in San Diego. And on December 21st, Zanies in Chicago. This is a big one. I got a lot of fans in Chi-Town. Come out to that. Let's pack it out. Get your tickets at johnnymitchell.biz. All right, let's get into the episode. I saw a lot of people, you know, why a lot of people stand over there and circle over there. So I was curious, and and then I went up and I saw my friends lying on the floor, and then I pushed out the people. I was going in, like, what happened? What happened? And at that time, he's still beating. The cops say, what happened? What happened? And then I say, my friends got stabbed. You guys, today I talked to Jimmy Sue, aka Big Head. Jimmy is one of the original Chinese gangsters of Chinatown right here in New York City. He joined the Tongon Street Gang when he was only 14 years old. He was getting in shootouts when he was in high school in the middle of the street. He was extorting businesses. He was running gambling operations. Then in the 80s, he was involved with the Chinese gangs of Chinatown importing raw heroin from Thailand, China White. He was also sending coke back to Hong Kong, where he's originally from. I mean, this guy has done it all. He finally got out of the game right before a big RICO case came down, and he's fully legit now. He's got a great channel called Chinatown Gang Stories. Go check that out. This guy is real OG, respected on the streets of New York. You've seen him on Vlad TV before. This guy was one of the best guests we've ever had. It was unbelievable, and we got bonus episode footage with him. He's telling us stuff that he could never tell the general public. So if you want to hear that, go check it out on patreon.com slash the connect show for that bonus footage. All right. Without further ado, Jimmy Sue on the connect with Johnny Mitchell. With you guys join the gang. That's the only two ways for final result. First, do time in the jail. Second, got killed by the enemy. That's when I see lights behind me start to flash. And I didn't even think, I just hit it. I was driving like my life depended on it. Then I parked the car, hopped out, closed the door, and I started running. And he pulls out a burner, shanks, like six inches. And then he passes it to me. And he goes, here, that's yours. Don't ever leave the cell block without this. He was the reason I made it out of that place alive. 
Uh, Jimmy Shoe, yeah. Big Head. Thanks for coming in, man. You're welcome. I saw you uh, in, on Vlad's interview mm-hmm. and on Insight. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this guy's a star. He looks like every villain in a Chuck Norris movie from you, the 80s. Did you check out our channel? No. Our no. own channel. Your you didn't check out our I didn't own channel? Check it out. Nope. I Chinatown go, Gang Story. That's what we're here to plug. That's yeah. what we're here to plug. So Chinatown Gang Story on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see clips. I did not see the full episodes, but I saw clips and I just realized we haven't had this story on the connect. You, uh, come from a time and a place Mm -hmm. that I think is mostly overlooked in American history. When we talk about gangs and crime and all that stuff, but it's like, it's fascinating and I'm getting chills mm-hmm. talking about it. So thank you're you for coming. You're not that century. You're so young. What's that? You're not that century. You're so right. young. But I, I remember hearing about, you know, watching movies that depicted these New York Chinatown gang members in like the 80s and 90s. I'm mm-hmm. old enough to remember that. And I'd be like, where? But no, the, you're not a New Yorker. No, I'm from the yeah. West Coast. All, yeah, the, Chinese, the, Coast. all yeah. the Chinese people on the West Coast are like uh-huh. people that own uh, Chinese restaurants in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference? Tell, let's talk about the history of Chinese immigrants to America first. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between the Chinese who built the railroads, the Chinese on the West Coast, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, LA, mm-hmm. and the Chinese who came to New York? Uh, I think the f- first immigrant from China to United States is San Francisco first. San Francisco first. Yeah, not New York. Right. After San Francisco, like like the, the railroad done, everything's done, and they cannot look for a job, uh, because maybe it's too many Chinese over there at that time, I don't know. And uh, they start to split out and mm. they start to move to the East Coast. And uh, at that time, and start, you know, Chinese people in uh, New York. Right. Yeah. And so then after you grow up and people think like, okay, most of the people from Hong Kong uh, or Taiwan, they love San Francisco because the weather. It's similar to, similar, similar to Hong Kong, yes, right? It's yes, very mild. Yes, yes. But the people from China, my family mainland China, and uh, they don't have, they don't care about the weather. They just care about which place can they make the most money at. Money. Yeah. So mm, people start, you know, coming to New York. What you were born in China? I born in Hong Kong. I never been in China before. You've never been to China. You were born in Hong before, Kong. Before, <laughs> right? Afterward, right? Of course, of yeah. course. Do you mm. go back now at all? Yeah, yeah. Uh, your family moved straight to New York City. Yes. And to Chinatown. Yes. And what did your parents do? Factory. Worked in factories. Yeah, clothing. Uh huh. Yeah. Do Chinese people and, are there still factories down no, there? Not anymore. Wow. What happened? Not they all anymore. got outsourced. Because like they compare the you know the economy with China, <laughs> they make okay they make a clothing in China and then ship it back to here. The price even cheaper than here to make the you know the merchandise. Right, right. So, so Chinese people that used to own factories in Chinatown were like, let's go back home and make it. Yeah, I know a couple of uh, uh, owner before they own like a couple of factory in Chinatown. They all went back to China. Wow. Mm. Wow. But their kids probably stayed here. Yeah, the kids stayed here. So what you're from that generation that mm-hmm. grew up in the 70s and 80s, yes. right? Yes. What was Chinatown like back then? When I come, first come to New York, okay, 
you know how's the Chinatown right now? Yeah, super when trendy. You, when you go in the Chinatown, you see all the signs is Chinese. The people walking in the street is Chinese. Mm -hmm. They speak the uh, Chinese language, maybe Mandarin, maybe Fukinese. But most you see is Chinese people. But when the time I first come here, all black. Really? Yeah. Black people in Chinatown? Yeah, I was here in uh, 1978. Okay. And uh, when the time I got here, it's nighttime. Like, I think it's around 11 something o'clock. Okay, nighttime. <laughs> when I first got to Chinatown, you know what I see? At that time, okay, I'll tell you first. At that time, only 12. Okay, I was still a kid. And the first picture into my mind, you know what's that? A hooker stand all the street. A bunch of hookers? Yeah. Wow. That's Chinatown. Wow. And did you even know what they were? Yeah. You knew they were women that were yeah. prostituting? Yeah, because the place I live in Hong Kong is the same thing. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So mm. that, that must have been a pretty, Hong Kong's a very international city. Mm -hmm. New York is a pretty, the most international city. Yeah. So it must have been a pretty easy transition. Yeah. Yeah, you can say that, but. Maybe not so easy. The though. big problem is the language. Right. At that time, don't even speak. A word, uh, English, no English. Wow. Only so, Chinese, only Cantonese. You can say that, only so, Cantonese. So you speak Cantonese? Yes. Well, tell us the difference really quick between the Chinese ethnicities. Okay, Chinese, China, uh, in China, the main language is Mandarin. It's not Cantonese. Mm -hmm. They say it's Cantonese only, the, only for the, you know, the Canton-sized people. The what? Canton. You know what's Canton? It's like the east side of the China. Oh, okay. okay. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, yeah. Only, the, you know, only the, they say it's like, it's not a main language. Mm -hmm. So you can easily can tell a people, like, when they speak to you, when they, like, talk to you, they speak Mandarin or Cantonese, so you know where they come from. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how they, you know, separate the, the right. different Chinese. Right, right. <laughs> but they all Chinese, though, but... Uh, Right. Different history. Are the people who speak Cantonese, are they discriminated against in China because they are the minority? Uh, like the way the Uyghur Muslims, you know, we're all I hearing know, about I know, them. I know what you're talking about, but nah, I don't think so, no. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe in the future, mm -hmm. but nah, not right now. So, and what kind of, you know, you talked about like the Tongs mm. and uh, there was another two groups of of Chinese people mm. that uh, maybe look a little different, have different backgrounds in China. Can you talk about that? What do you mean? What do you mean? For, for instance, like uh. the, the people that have, that there was different cliques and mm -hmm. different gangs mm -hmm. in Chinatown and in New York City. Mm -hmm. I believe you said, or I saw somebody saying mm -hmm. that they were, uh, they segregated themselves according to uh, where they came from in China. Is that true? Okay, the, you mean the old gangster in Chinatown? Right. At my time, most of the gang in China is from either from Hong Kong or they born in here. Mm -hmm. Okay, no one from China. Right, right. Uh, some little people from Vietnam, uh, Burmese, mm -hmm. but no, I don't think so. After, after the 80s, when the, you know, the beginning of 90s and then start 
people from China right. to join the gang. Was your generation, when you came over in 78, mm. did, were you guys the first generation of Chinese to t take over Chinatown and turn it into what it is today? Like did a bunch of other Chinese immigrants come over? No, 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 no. Somebody did that before, but maybe it's not working out. Well, no, it's and, clearly yeah. working in your favor because there's no black yeah. people down there anymore. Yeah, somebody you know? did do that before, but it's not working out. And then after, after you know, we join in and then we start to, you know, clear the street and... Uh, what do you mean clear the street? Like, how, how did you get into the street? Your parents are from, you know, humble mm -hmm. beginnings. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why they moved to this country. They mm -hmm. were factory workers. Mm -hmm. Were you guys poor? Yeah, real poor. Real poor. Yeah. Uh, how many, did you live I, in one of those tenements? I, yeah, I live in uh, Lower East Side. My apartment is a studio. There's no bedroom, nothing for five people because I have brother and sister. Wow. And my parents. Okay, we all sleeping, sleeping on the floor. And my parents going to work like seven o'clock until like eight, nine o'clock at nighttime every day. Every day. So you every never day. saw your parents until the end of the day? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Every day. Every day is like this. And so you had no supervision for the whole day? No. And was there racism back then? Did, yeah. Against from a black lot. people and the people a in lot. the neighborhood? A wow. Lot. I remember first day I was school, uh, junior high school. Uh, I almost got beat up uh, by a bad guy, uh -huh. almost. And at that time, don't even know what happened. It was racist. Why, 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 why did he act like that? I don't know. So I asked my classmate because they, they say, because we are Chinese, he's, he's black. And uh, these things always happened back then. Wow. Yeah, now it's getting better. Now it's getting a yeah. lot of better. Yeah. yeah, of course, because you guys are a and, part of New York. Now. Yeah, and um, before back then, like, Chinatown is like, it's not controlling by uh, all Chinese before. Uh, it's like all different way, different people mm. in Chinatown. So after I joined in the gang and then just what I said before, we start to strip the streets, clean the street. What do you mean to clean the street? We start kicking other people out. Okay, what do you mean? Like before there's a hooker uh, standing on the street at nighttime. We don't let them stand on the street, move, tell them to move. And this, so, yeah. this was the gang doing that? Yes. Yeah. So okay. they move it to Delancey. Right, Delancey Street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they yeah. all move into Delancey before they are inside of Chinatown, but not anymore. Now, Afterward, not did anymore. any of the Chinese gangs actually get into prostitution themselves, like pimping out At that women? time, no. Okay, so let's, let's talk about how you first got into gang life then. So you're poor. Uh, mm -hmm. Your family is working and struggling. Mm -hmm. You're living in a studio apartment. Yeah. Uh, the schools are terrible. I'm sure mm -hmm. you went to a public school. Actually, I, uh, when I was here, I was like uh, working with my parents in the factory for like four months oh. because the school didn't start yet. The right. school started in September. Right. I was here in April. Yeah. So um, I went to work with my parents every day uh, to help them out in the factory. Um, for that four months, nothing happened because I go to work, off work, go yeah. home, eat, sleep, that's it. Every day, same thing, doing yeah. the same thing. But when the school start, when the, you know, uh, uh, when first start, I was in uh, eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, eighth grade. Um, the class I'm in is ESL. You know what's ESL? Mm -hmm. English, English as a second, second language. language. Yep. Okay. So all my, all my classmates is uh, almost like, 80% Chinese. Yeah. Like they, they would immigrate from uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, whatever. But 
a very little China. I'm not why at that time. Okay. Because um, it was communist. You couldn't leave back then. I think so. It's hard to leave. Yeah. Yeah. But now, like 80% is from China. Right. Of course. <laughs> They're trying to get the fuck out before the end comes. Yeah. And uh, uh, when I first started school, uh, I didn't pay attention with anybody. I just wanted to, you know, go to school, learn some English, get into this life. Okay. Um, but, come out how and I don't, you know, I don't want to bother people, but people start bothering us because there's already a, a gangster in Chinatown. At that time, I don't know. I don't know what kind of gangster they have in Chinatown. I know nothing. You can say I know nothing. Uh, but when like every time when we off school, when we, you know, uh, get out of school and uh, uh, on the street, always, always like, People stand on the streets waiting for, I, first I thought they were waiting for a girl, but they're not. <laughs> they are focusing on the new immigrant. Trying to beat you guys up? They try to recruit the people. They try to get some new member. For oh, their recruiting them. Yeah. Who is Who was the gang, the Chinese gang, when you the first got first here? The first gang I contact with is Gold Shadow. What is it called? Ghost Shadow. Ghost Shadow. Yeah. I, and I thought Chinese people didn't like ghosts. I thought that was a big faux pas, but anyways. But anyway, they they make their name just Ghost Shadow. Okay. okay, and 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 these are what did they? What were they into? Like, what was a gang back in the seventies? Look, what what was that like? A Ghost Shadow. They their territory is on Mars Street, Bayer Street, uh, a little part of Elizabeth Street. Okay, that's the their territory, and uh, they have been in New York for. I think it's beginning of 70. It's been a long time. Right. And uh, at that time, they don't have a tong on yet. Right. <laughs> Nobody know what's tong on. Right. Okay. And uh, people only know what's ghost shadow and right. what's uh, fire dragon. Right. What's it called? Those fire dragon. Fire dragon. Yeah. That those, was the other gang? Yes. Downtown? That's most, uh, yeah. In and, Chinatown. And, right, in Chinatown. So It's, it's like, a cross street from Mars Street. Right. They're That's pushed the up. Everything's pushed up yeah, against each other. Different gang, different street. Uh, but they are real close. They mm. are like a leg street. You can see, I can see you, you can see me mm. like this. Mm. Okay. And, but the uh, first gang, first, uh, first gang I contact with is Gold Shadow because uh, they try to, uh, me and a couple of my classmates, and maybe we are new immigrants. And uh, we got those kind of low something, I don't know. And they tried to kick us to the gang. And uh, we refused it. And um, how I joined Tong On, I did mention before, because uh, uh, because this thing happened, the ghost shadow saying that like, you don't join our gang, but you need my protection. If you are not my boy, you need to, you have to pay every day for you to go to school. Mm, wow. Just to go to school, yeah. you got to pay me so I don't yeah. fuck you up. Yeah. Like at that time, back then it's like $10. It's $10 a lot of money a to a Chinese kid. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the guy was telling us that starting tomorrow, when you come to school, okay, you have to pay me or you cannot go to school more or we go to beat you up. So we didn't say anything. Did you believe him? 
Yeah, I believe them. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to picture what a Chinese gangster in 1978 looks like. Like, did they have, you know, the forearm tats or was, it, was their hair longer? Yeah, long How hair. How did it look? Was, high heel. High heels? Yeah. You remember the 70s? You, went, you know what was BG? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's oh, the they dress like the Bee Gees. Yeah, that's the low. That's okay. funny. That's <laughs> hilarious you know, to picture you know some Chinese Saturday dudes. Saturday Night Fever, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Travolta. Right. Okay, oh, that's so, the low. So the Chinese, well, they were flashy. Yeah. They were flashy. You guys yeah. you had Always the gold. Always long hair. We call it DA hair. Yeah. Uh, long DA, uh, high heel, baggy pen. Mm-hmm. Um, Girls around? Mm-hmm. Were they like Chinese, like groupies? For the gangs, yeah, but uh, not in the school, not on the, you know, not on the street. On the, uh, uh, when we off the school, we only see guys, yeah, guys over there. We don't see, we don't see no girl, mm-hmm. and and so they were involved in like basically extortion, uh, petty stuff. It sounds like, yeah. After where I found out that, yeah, that's what they do for a living. It's just to extort people, extorting the their own territory store. And uh, restaurants, some gambling house, yeah, restaurant, right, of course, right. yeah, that's the big money source coming, right? Uh, oh, yeah, and tell us about the gambling houses. You know, Chinese love to gamble, yeah. So, what were those gambling parlors downtown back then? Okay, how was that? Okay, gambling house at back then is always like they open a gambling house, always down in the basement or inside the association. Because right. we have a lot of association. Right. So association is like a social club. Yes. Okay, great. Tell us about those too. Okay. So, association is like a private club for members only. Like the Italians and, had in Little yeah, Italy. They have a different kind of association. Like with your name is like John, Johnny. Okay. They have like associations for Johnny. So everybody's with your, your name is Johnny. You can join this association. But if <laughs> you're not, you can. You cannot go in. Okay. That's for members only. And uh, they have uh, all kind of different association. For people who, what they do in association, okay, the association, the main point when they build up association is helping the little immigrant, like uh, helping the kid go to school, helping them to get the, you know, health insurance or any kind of government benefit. That's the that's the main reason they, you know, they, they open an association, but, Afterward, you know, they have a a big place, okay? It's not a small office for associates. It's a big, over a thousand square feet, a big place for uh, their own member to hang out. So with a lot of people over there and it's no game, so what they, why are they going to go up there for? Right. So they, they were thinking like, ah, maybe we put some major, you know, what's major? Uh, Chinese domino. Chinese oh, diamond. okay. Well, how do you say it? Marger. MJ. Ma- you can okay. say MJ. Marger, got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, first, when they first begin, they just put some uh, MJ's table over there for their members to pay MJ over there. But after, uh, you know, when you first beginning to gamble and uh, you were thinking, this is not enough. We did something bigger, just like casino. Right. Okay, we did some uh, 13 card. We did some uh, Pai Gao, okay? So they start to open the 13 card and Pai Gao and start building up the gambling house. Right, That's right. how the gambling house come from. And um, uh, you know you know how the Chinese people, they like gamble. Right, right. They really, really like gamble. Yeah. One gambling house is not good enough for them. 
So the other association saw that. Okay, uh, uh, which one call it the league uh, association? They have a they have a gambling house over there. They make a lot of money. So we uh, we have an association here. Why don't we open a gambling house? Mm. So everybody open a gambling house. Right. That's how the gambling and, house come from. And so, if you wanted to gamble, you would, and you were part of one of these associations yeah. after dark, yeah, you would yeah. go there and you yeah. some put of some them money they down. don't open the gambling house inside the association, but right. they open the gambling house downstairs the basement association wow. or upstairs the association. The same the same buildings owned by the association. Do, uh, do those still exist today? Uh, for the association gambling house, no, no, uh, individual, yes. It, what does that mean, individual? Like you want to open again, you know a lot about it. A lot of people is gambler. Right. You can open a gambling house yourself because now it's no gangster. No one is going to store you. Right. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. back back in the day, you had to be a group because yeah, then you have to you have to have some kind of background. Right. To back you up. Right. To open this kind of business. Right. If you got no background to open this kind of business, won't last a day. Because so so gangs like. The one you mentioned, the first one, Go Shadow. Go Shadow would go around to these gambling houses yeah, and yeah. shake them down for money. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And what if they refused? Did they, they ever blow their places up? Or nah, they're not gonna blow the place up. They just kick everybody else. Right. So you got no business. Right. And right. you cannot call the cop because you're a gambling house. Right. How are you gonna call a cop? Right. Right. Okay. So, wow, this is fascinating. I, I I'm fascinated by like old world, yeah. you know, Chinese ways. Like San Francisco was the same way. There was opium yeah. dens. Yeah. Was there any opium dens when you first got there? In like in the 70s and nope. 80s? Not no, anymore. that had all finished. Not anymore. Um, Maybe in, in San Francisco, but not in right. Right. Um, okay, so tell us then about the first gang. You refused to join Ghost Shadow. Mm -hmm. what, it, what then happened? Then like, okay, when that incident happened and uh, they left and uh, we stand, you know, on the front of the school. And then we look at each other. At that time, we have me and uh, three other guys, four people. So we look at each other. What are we going to do tomorrow? We have to bring money here to for the school. And then one of my classmates saying that, oh, F them. Of course, no. I say, but no, how are we going to you know, fight with this guy? So um, he's saying that, don't worry. Go look for his cousin. So I say, who's your cousin, right? And... Uh, he just saying that, hey, follow me, you find, you find out later. So I follow him, go across the street from the school. There's a, uh, a little coffee shop over there, and uh, the name is Wake, Waki, okay, coffee shop. So we went in the coffee shop, and then my friend saying that uh, this coffee shop, my cousin opened it. So he went inside, and uh, there's another guy, uh, come out with him, and then he introduced him to, uh, as a Chris. Mm -hmm. um, so we we knew each other, and then we tell Chris what happened, and then Chris saying that okay, don't worry, you guys sit down here, having something to eat or have something to drink on the house, and he go to make some call. So he went back inside to the office. Uh, for like, I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes, and then we wait over there, and then he come back out and say, everything's everything's settled. Just go to school normally tomorrow. Nothing gonna happen to you. So who's this Chris guy? A leader of Tonglon, the, the biggest one. Right, 
It's the right. dragon hat. There we go. And that's that's kind he's, of the famous one. His brother. That we see it. Wow. His brother. Okay. So tell us about the Tongans. Okay. Step by step. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and next day, so he says, uh, just go to school normally and nothing going to happen. So he's... It's not important that we trust him or not. We have still have to go to school, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, next day we go to school, and then after school, when you when we walk out of school, we saw the same group again. Standing in front of the door, waiting for us. He saw us. You no, know, he tried to he tried to wait us over there, and we refused it. We just stand there watching them, and then he tried to you know walk over, and then the other group come from the other side. And that time, I don't know them. I don't know they are, they are, they are come for us. I thought they just passed by. And other groups come over first, like, like uh, before this guy got in. And then uh, the, the new group people asking us, do you know Chris? I said, yes. And then he said, oh, okay, you guys just stay here. And then they went to their group. And they start doing you know, a conversation. I don't know what they're talking about because, like, we have uh, some distance and uh, it's not clear. Um, like, they have a conversation, like, a couple of minutes. And then uh, the local people coming back and tell us that, okay, everything's settled. That's it. Wow. Okay. So, so the, like, okay. So this so, is where you realize the Tongans have juice. That's I realized he got a juice, but I don't know nothing about Tongan. Not yet. So, okay, that incident is settled. Okay, they didn't come to battle us no more. Um, we just go to school normally. And then I put in a couple of days, and then uh, my fans, that's the Chris cousin, was telling us that, uh, what we what we go to after school? I say, I don't know, go to your house, pay around first or whatever. And then he say, like, no, let's go up to the Tongan Association. I say, what's going on association? That's the first time I heard that. Okay. He say, oh, he's my my cousin. He uh he's the president of the association. So I asked him, is that Chris? He said, no, 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 not Chris. Chris, biggest brother, the <laughs> oldest brother. Right. So I say, okay, we, we have to go up there and say thank you anyway, because he's the one who actually helped us, right? So uh, after school, we went up to the Dongwan Association. Um when I first went up, it's a big, like, I think it's like 1,500 square feet, something like that. A big place. That's a big place, especially in Chinatown. Place. That's place. a huge, that's a mansion. The whole second floor. Wow. The whole second floor. So that means there's money coming in. Yeah, they have an office. They have a big uh, empty area, a lot of, you know, gambling tables. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they have a bathroom. They have a bathroom. Uh, is where was the headquarters? Can you tell China, us the address? Um, Twenty Seven Division. What? Twenty Seven Division Street. Division Street. Okay, mm-hmm. I haven't heard of Division. You never heard of that? No. East Broadway. Okay. All right. So you it's right East in the Broadway? thick of it. Yes, of course. East Broadway Division. Okay. Okay. Division is a small. It's a very small and short street. But, um, okay, the association's over there. So when we first went out, I saw, you know, a lot of people, at least like 50 or 60 people over there, more than, maybe more than that. Uh, most of the people is around a mid-age. Middle age. Yeah. After we went up and then my friends, 
bring me to the office, bring me inside the office, and then there's a guy sitting in the office, and then he introduced us this Criff. So that's the first time I know Criff, and he's the dragon head. Okay, but honestly, at that time he never tell us to join the gang. Right. He just Chris, and after my friend introduced and uh, Chris just saying that, oh, okay, okay, you guys are uh, his uh, classmate. Uh, uh, my friend's name's Michael. Okay, Michael is Chris' cousin. Okay. So Chris saying that, oh, you guys are Michael's uh, classmate. Yeah, you can hang out here, do whatever you want here, right? And uh, and you guys are all speaking Mandarin, or excuse me, Cantonese. Cantonese? Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, that's the first time I hang out in an association. And then after that time, like almost every day after school, we ran up there, uh-huh. you know, hang out, painting around, and uh, after like. A week or so, and then Chris asking, uh, "Do you guys like to play soccer?" I say, "Yeah, why not?" Right? And he say, "Because he have a soccer team. Uh, a kind of, you know, they have a competition uh, uh, every year, like a couple time competition you know, with the other group. So uh, they need new member to join in the soccer team. So we join the soccer team. All four join the soccer mm-hmm. team, and then we start to." Platters playing soccer every day, and with the soccer teams, people are. That time I don't know they are Tongan gangster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. with the gangster, you can say that. And we start, you know, play together. We practice together, playing soccer. And uh, after, you know, after practice, we have dinner together, and they always treat us dinner uh, right at our uh, division street. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes. Uh, Sometimes we don't need a platters. We go to a movie theater or bowling alley. We go like almost everywhere together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no trouble at that time. Right. No trouble. Never start trouble. And they're paying for everything. I know. They don't have to pay. <laughs> After where I know that. They don't have to pay. Wow. They're yeah. just getting free bowling. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Because after that, I get that too. Right. Yeah. We don't have to free pay. Free movies. Mm-hmm. Were they property owners too? The Tongon? Like, did they own different buildings? Mm. Because at, at that time, you know, property in, in New York is cheap. Like, As the city's I going remember, bankrupt. for the association property, it's only Tongon, the building, in, uh, yeah. that building over there. No other property. Do you know, the but did one. the gangsters eventually start becoming landlords? Because I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, uh, because we're going to get into the 80s mm-hmm. when a lot they started to become the big heroin traffickers. Uh-huh. Did they ever, you know, invest their money in buildings and like hang on to them? Because if they had them now, they'd be billionaires. You mean the association or you mean the individual gangster? Both, either Both. one. Uh, for the individual gangster, of course, yeah, I bought a house too, same thing. Right. But it's not going to not go to last long. Right. <laughs> okay. Always something happened and you lose your house, you lose your car or whatever. Mm. And for the association... Um, not on. maybe somebody else. Yeah, they have a different kind of property. But after the 90, the China, people from China start investing yeah. property in United States. And they sold, they almost sold 80% of the property. Right. To, to, the, to the Chinese. China. Right. Yeah, to the Chinese. Right. Who now they own half the country. They own all the real estate now. I know they own like... <laughs> What was the hotel? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. the biggest one, this Four mm-hmm. Season Hotel in Manhattan. 
they all owned by China. Wow. Well, they had to make a law in Vancouver, BC. Mm -hmm. So many Chinese people in China were buying property there and just leaving it. Mm -hmm. it. It was causing the prices to go up. They Same had to make here. a law. Same thing. If right you don't here. live here, you can only buy so much property. Same thing right here. I know a building, uh, a little condo building. It's a very high class condo building. They sold like uh, 1,200 square, square feet. That's Pretty high price, yeah. you know. Oh, 1,200 square feet. Yeah. In Flushing. In Flushing. Flushing, Queens. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's all the Chinese out there. The whole building is like, I think it's like 14 or 15 four. They all owned by China people. Yeah. Yeah. Who are barely even there probably. But now it's like 80% is empty. Yeah, exactly. And they don't think want to sell out. They just want to keep it. Exactly. I don't know why. I don't know what they're they gotta thinking. They got to get their money. Well, because they live in communist China. The government before, can take your money. Before, when they first bought this kind of, you know, this kind of house or condo or whatever, they want their son or daughter to come to here, to go to school, yeah. and they have the place to stay. Mm -hmm. The first idea is, you know, for this. Yeah. But now it's hard to get a visa, even a student visa. Yeah. It's not like before, before they just pay like like 30 grand. Yeah. They don't have to take the tax or whatever. They just pay money. Yeah. They have money, they just pay, they got here. Yeah. But not anymore. Yeah. So, Thanks, COVID. <laughs> so they still got the apartment here, they still got the house here, yeah. but nobody lived there. Right, yeah. I know New York is not the worst place. LA is the worst. LA is the worst. Yeah, right. a lot of, you know, the- Oh, I live the, by Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Saudi Arabia and China own half of that yeah, city, Yeah, that's why I heard. Mansions. That's why no, I heard. And nobody's home. Yeah. Like ever. It's they're empty. Just, they're just parking their money there. It's just, it's an uh, it's an unbeatable investment property in California, uh -huh. in New York. So they uh -huh. just boop, put their money there. Yeah. Now the government over there can't take it. Yeah. Um, so tell us about, let's move forward. Mm. Tell us about- Tell us about how you got involved in criminal okay. activity okay. with the Tongon. Okay, uh, after we joined the soccer team, and then I we are hanging out together every day, and then one day uh, we go to practice, practice the soccer uh, normally, but one of my classmates, he didn't show up, he didn't go to school, he didn't show up that day. Um, no, he, he did go to school. He did go to school, but he didn't show up to the, to the soccer practice. And after the soccer practice, we went back to the Tongwon Association, and then I asked everybody, I said, do you see, uh, uh, do you see my classmate? I, nobody say, nobody say a word. No, we didn't see him, we didn't see him. So I was curious, so I, uh, me and uh, other two, three guys, and went to his house, tried to look for him, right? And uh, his parents saying that, no, he, he went to school and didn't come back. So first thought I have, like, must be something happened. Mm. Okay, because he's in the school. I, I remember he's in the school, but afterward, nobody saw him. Nobody, where he go? He just disappeared. So we went back to the Tongwon Association and then asked Criff, uh, what happened? Because one guy's missing. So Criff say, um, he go to find out, uh, you guys just here and wait. And he knows he would let us know. So we are, we are handing out, you know, socializing and waiting and waiting until nighttime. Like, I think it's like eight or nine o'clock. And then Criff come by and saying that, yeah, we find your classmate. His body is in the fresh mail park. 
where? Flushing Meadow Park. Flushing Meadow, Meadow Park. Park. Yeah. Way out in Queens. Yeah. Dead. He got shot right on the head. Like assassination, yeah. execution style. Yeah. Wow. How did they find his body? How did they know he was there? Maybe somebody walking in the park and find a big garbage bag. Because right. my friend who got killed, he's a fat guy. He's like, <laughs> at that, he's like, at that time, he's same my age, but he's like 180 or 190. He's real fat. Yeah. So his body, you can imagine. Okay, <laughs> yeah. his body is how, to move. Used, how many yeah. garbage bag yeah. to hold his body. And uh, wow. they found him. And then Cliff tell us that, like, yeah, somebody killed him. And we asked Cliff, what happened? Why he got killed? Why? Right? He's not a gangster. He's just a playing soccer every day. And he's just a kid. He's your yeah, age, 13 and then years we don't old. Know, we don't know the, the old member on the soccer team. They are, they are gangster. We didn't know that. So Cliff say, because somebody don't like us. Don't like our, our, our team. So we asked him who. And then he says, the fire dragon. So. Um, and that. And who and were then, the five dragons? Yeah, and then asked him who's the fire dragon. And then he explained, ex, uh, he explained to us like the situation in Chinatown at that time. Uh, he's controlled by Gold Shadow. Gold Shadow territory is on a Mass Street, Bayer Street, Elizabeth Street, and uh, the other side is controlling by Fire Dragon. Fire Dragon is controlling Pale Street, Doyle Street, Bowery Street. Okay, that's all their territory. So <laughs> we are asking, what happened here? Because we are in East Broadway in Division. So Cliff say, we control here. So I asked him, what's our game? What's, what's, the, what's the name for our game? And uh, he say, Tongon, Tongon Association. So what was your fat friend doing to make these rivals want to kill him? They thought he's the one of the gang member. They thought he was a gang member? Yeah. Because he played with the soccer team and yes. hung out at the yes, association. Yes, hang out with the Tongong members, you know, every day. They thought we had belonged to the Tongong. So that is real gangster shit, though. Like, mm. So these gangs were willing to take it there, mm. murdering a 13-year-old. Mm. Mm. Wow. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. You guys know about them by now if you're a fan of the show. HelloFresh does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-portioned and ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step -step recipe cards. How easy is that? Super easy. Even I can do that. This will save you time. This will save you effort. This will save you money. This is substantially cheaper, HelloFresh, than ordering Uber Eats or DoorDash and much healthier, okay? If you guys go over to HelloFresh right now, they've got an amazing offer going. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50connect. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50connect and use code 50connect for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 50connect and use code 50connect for 50% off plus free shipping. You guys, I use HelloFresh. It has changed my business and it has changed my life because it saves me time. I don't ever have to go to the grocery store ever again. I don't have to worry about uh, am I putting too much sodium in my meal? HelloFresh covers me. It, it sends me the food and teaches me, shows me how to cook it. What could be better? Go over to HelloFresh right now. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Do you guys need therapy? I bet you do. There's nothing wrong with giving it a try, you guys. And, you know, it's expensive. It's a hassle. You have to get in your car. You have to drive. You have to meet 
a stranger who you have to confess all your problems to. It can be burdensome. That's why I cannot recommend BetterHelp enough. BetterHelp uh, gives you access to tens of thousands of licensed, qualified online therapists. That means you can book and meet a therapist based on what you need, your qualifications, what you're going through. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a relationship, something happened with your job. BetterHelp has somebody for you. And, you know, it's easy to change, right? It's not easy to get out of a face-to-face -face relationship, even if it's with a therapist. So BetterHelp makes that easy. And you can you do all of this from the comfort of your own home. I love BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash connect. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash connect to get 10% off of your first month. Again, that's promo code C-O-N-N-E-C-T to get 10% off your first month. But after I found out that this one of the old member tell my fan to go to Pell Street because that, at that time, there's an OTB in Pell Street. OTB? OTB. Off-track betting. Yeah. One of the old members tell my friend to go to Pell Street to betting horse, buy ticket. And then he got killed right over in front of OTB. Wow. Not he, not he didn't get killed over there, but he got kidnapped over there. And they brought him out to Queens to kill him. They kidnapped him inside a van. And then they killed him inside a van and throw his wow. body on a official mail. Wow. That's real serious stuff. So yeah. what happened after that? Is that when you so, joined? Is that when you joined? Yeah. So like after that happened, we are because we are real close. We like brother. We are mm -hmm. like real brother. Even close than my brother. Because yeah. we are every day all the time. Mm -hmm. Except sleep. That's it. Yeah. So we are like so mad and we didn't think anything. We just know we have to take the revenge. We have to get this guy. We have to stop this thing. We don't want any other my friends got killed. So we asked Quiff what we going to do. So Quiff saying that, you sure you want to do that? He tell me that when the first beginning. He say, with you guys join again, that's the only two ways for final result. First, either do time in the jail. Mm -hmm. Second, got killed by the enemy. Mm -hmm. Okay, he was saying that first. But, you know, how we, we are young, at that time it's only like 13, yeah. 14, and we don't care. So we just want to take the event. Okay, we join the gang. So we start joining the gang. Wow. And, and did they give you a gun? Join again, yeah. They you give had, me a gun. What did you carry around with you? At that time, I carry around a 38. And it was a pretty revival. And, and it was a pretty common for Chinese gangsters, young teenage gangsters, to walk around with guns. Mm, at that time, wow, yeah. we have to. Did you ever get in shootouts? Really, I cannot remember how many times. <laughs> Dude, in Chinatown, in mm. those tiny little streets, it's like if you haven't been to Chinatown, it's a maze of tenement buildings, and the mm. streets are like this wide, mm -hmm. and there's millions, literally millions of people walking mm. around mm. and you'd be getting in shootouts in those neighborhoods. Yeah. Wow. Like a couple of times like, when we step out on the association because after we join again, after I join again, I start job school. I didn't go to school. What because it's dangerous. What dangerous you, for me. It's too dangerous for you to go to school. My parents don't know. How are they going to know? 
before the bat then, the school is not going to load my parents. Oh, your kid didn't go to school. They don't care. The school don't care. School don't care. Before <clears throat> bat then, they don't care. And your parents are working 12 hours a day in the yeah. factory. Yeah. So um, I start drop out of school and I start. No, I got argument with my father. And my father say, Yo, you know, my, my report cards bring home is like terrible. Every, every subject is like 45. <laughs> <laughs> and my father asked me what happened. I say, nah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to go to school. And uh, uh, a lot of fight happened and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my father say, no, you have to go to school. And then we get argument. And then I just left the house and didn't go back. At 14 years old? No, not 14, 13. 13 years old. Yeah. You're you're gone, left the house. Yeah, I left the house and uh I went to the association and uh, I tell the people over there, I say I got argument with my father, I'm not going home, I go live here. Wow. And they <laughs> let you live there? Yeah, there's a a, a a lot of room downstairs basement. Wow. Yeah, I can live there downstairs basement. So I I start living in the association. So uh when we start the war and every time when when we like going to the association or coming out from the association. And a lot of time we heard a, like a fire. We had gunshot. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are at war? Yeah. And it That's all started- starting the war. It all started from your friend getting killed? Okay. Because after my friends getting killed and uh, the next day, after he got killed, the next day, yeah, we joined again officially and then I, uh, give me a, a, a pistol and then give me some basic training for the pistol and we start the war. The first time I do the shooting, I was went down to Pell Street for their association. They have an association too, okay? Hip Singh. The, the Five shooting, Dragon? Yeah, we are shooting in the association front door. The whole door is a bullet hole. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I do the shooting. Could you go down and see that building today? Is it still standing? Yeah, still standing. Wow. Not different door now. <laughs> Not the old door. <laughs> yeah, they got okay. a new door. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I do the shooting. So you walked into the association and yeah, started with shooting? Yeah, other guy, yeah. Wow. Two guys. Uh, Did you hit anyone? No. No. Uh, we just give them a message. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, they come to, uh, I forgot. We come to their place first. You try to burn the whole place down. We throw firebomb. Wow. And after we throw the firebomb, they throw the firebomb back to us. <laughs> I still remember that night we had like, like, like over, over more than 10 people in the association. We were socializing, we were uh, talking to each other. Some some people was just hanging around over there. I was sitting in the office because that's that's a lifetime. There's nobody, no other members there already. And uh, we just hang out. And then I see in the office and uh, uh, I can see the bargainy from the office. So suddenly I saw the bargainy. It's like, so the so what? bright? The, the, the bargainy. What is bargainy? Bargainy is the, the- Oh, the balcony, I'm sorry. The, the bargainy, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, suddenly I saw the bargainy. It's like, why so bright? Now it's what time is it? Now it's like after after midnight. It's like <laughs> so, super dark, right? Yeah. But I look out. It's like wow. It's like sunshine over there. Yeah. It's real bright. 
So I was talking to my to my street brother, saying that what what happened? Why so bright, right? And he he he's look at look at over there, and then he, he got the same thought as mine. He say, yeah, what happened? We go over there and check out, and then we try to you know when we walk over there, and then we saw s- some fire bomb just throw in the balcony. Oh shit! Bomb. And what's the fire? What is a fire bomb? It's like a Molotov cocktail. Uh, yeah. So yeah, how yeah, do you yeah. make one? You put gas, alcohol, gas mixed with alcohol and some little uh, uh, um, rag. Okay, a glass bottle. You put half bottle of gas and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay, half bottle of air. Don't put on all the way on the top. With low air, it's not going to burn up. Right. Okay, and stuck some you know some some paper on it and burn it. And that thing could. That thing could burn a whole room, a whole association, yeah, like when, quickly. When the bomb drop, the glass go to break, and the inside alcohol and the gasoline will go split. Wow! So we'd be like, bong. The fire is like, yep. Like in the movies. Yep. Wow! So did you guys have to run out of there? Yep. Did it burn? And it burned down. Burn out the burn whole, out bar- the whole, bar- the whole burgundy, room. Burgundy. Wow! Not the room. Not the inside. Wow. We call the fire truck. We called it live one one. So how did this war end? Uh, and, and did people actually ended up getting killed? More people? Yeah, a lot of people. A Shot people. to death? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Are there any, I'm not asking you specifically, but do you remember any really like brazen murders? Like, do you remember how people ended up getting shot? Uh, I know my, my one of my closest brother, street brother, he got killed, stabbed step to that. And uh, before he died, uh, he was died in the Confusion Passer. Confusion Passer is across the street from uh, association. Uh, Deficient Street, Pale Street, right between, inside there's a condominium building in Chinatown, Confusion Passer. Is it still there, Confusion yeah, Plaza? still there. And my friend was killed across the street from the association. The street over there, he got stepped to that. And then before he died, I was walking from my parents' house in uh, uh, the other side, I walking up. And then I saw a lot of people, you know why a lot of people stand over there and circle over there. So I was curious and and then I went up and I saw my friends lying on the floor. And then I pushed out the people, I was going in, like, what happened, what happened? And at that time, he's still beating. He say, oh, blah, blah, he mentioned a name, da, 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 da. Okay, the story, and then I was yellow. Yeah, well, anybody called a cop, and, and uh, nobody say nothing. And uh, I wait like ten minutes, something like that, and then the cops show up. And uh, the cops say, "What happened? What happened?" And then they say, "My friends got stabbed." And uh, they called the ambulance. The ambulance brought him to the hospital, and then he died in the hospital. Did you guys ever get the guy who stabbed him? Not the exactly guy, but the guy who did this. He got arrested afterward. Okay. okay. Yeah, afterward. He did time for this thing too. He did a lot of time. Right. Did people end up getting, uh, people committed murders in this war? Did they end up getting locked up? Yeah. Did some of them get away? Yeah. Because there was no cameras back then. Yeah. Yeah. A lot easier to get away with murder. Yeah. So how did it, but, how did it end? How did it? How did the end? No, how did the war end? Uh, you know what happened in the 90? The no, no, no. Fifth I, come down. No, I, I meant um, like how did this particular war okay. between the Tongon, okay. the Five Dragon, how okay. did it I end? can tell you that there's no nighttime enemy 
never like times the enemy, all because of money. When you have a business going on with them, now they become your fan. Of course, of yeah. course. All right, mm. so let's talk about that. Now we're into the 80s. Mm. How are you making money for the association and for yourself? Okay. Like, tell us about the criminal, because this is what we do here on the podcast. We get into economy. I love the details. Okay. How did those associations make illegal money? For the association, how they going to make the money? Uh, actually, I don't know, because that, that's their problem. It's not our problem. Okay, we just live there. And uh, for us, yeah, when we first joined again, we didn't got no money, source, vote income, nothing. But uh, for, you know, for food, for entertainment, like almost everything is free. We don't have to pay anything. But there's no money on, in your pocket. Right. <laughs> you need money for girl. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I was the first one start to get protection money from the store. So you started getting protection money, extorting yeah. I businesses. asked Criff, uh, at that time I asked Criff, um, because I know the old member, the, the Tongwon, the old, old member, they have salary from the gambling house, or mm -hmm. uh, maybe from the, from the, or at beginning, they don't have a massage parlor. Afterward, they have a massage parlor. They have money from the gambling house, or maybe they have their own money so come from, and we don't know, but but for the new member like us, we don't got nothing. Mm. We don't got no salary. We don't got no income. So I was asked, Quiff, can, because I know they had the gold shadow and the fire drink, and they have the protection money from the restaurant, the store, everything, right? So I asked Quiff, can we, get the protection money from the store downstairs or East Sportway, whatever, because I have to get his, you know, his, he say, okay, and then I go downstairs, right? And uh, he say, okay, but but uh, no threat. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot, you know, beat the owner, you cannot, you know, just speak nicely, mm -hmm. see what they ask, see what they come back. And then I'm the first one to, went downstairs and go one by one to the store, every store. And when I go in, I say that, okay, I'm, uh, I mention my name and then I say I'm from Walmart Association, whatever. And uh, this street here is our territory and you have a business here and you need protection. We are not ask, asking a lot. We're just asking like a little, you know, can you help us out? And most of the stores say yes. And how much were they paying you a week? Depend. Depend how big your store is. Mm -hmm. And it depend how uh, restaurant pays the most. Mm -hmm. If you have a, a grocery store or a barber shop, mm -hmm. and let's say they pay like $100 a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and these uh, are all cash businesses. Yeah, all cash. So what, what kind of protection were you offering them? And what kind of threats were you saying could come from if you they didn't have your protection? Because if I'm a store owner, I say, well, yeah. I need protection for, from what? I got the yeah. police, right? Yeah. What would you say? I would say the protection from the other group to come down and get money from you. That's the main show. Right. That's the main thing. Because with they didn't pay us, a lot of different groups, maybe 
this Go Shadow groups are saying that like uh, A group from Go Shadow come down and get money from you. Mm-hmm. Next hour B group from Go Shadow get money from you. Right. So you want to you want right. to do that? You, you just want to yeah, yeah right? pay one guy just mm, me. Now you're paying me. Yeah. And everybody's gone. Right. Only me. Right. Nobody come from our group. Nobody come from their group to get money from you. Mm-hmm. So most of the owners they say yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. We are willing Makes to pay. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's how. I first get income from the street. Right. But afterward, like, afterward, when we, like, grow a lot of people and they knew who's the who's the leader and they knew who we are, mm-hmm. and if they open a business on our territory, they will go up to the association and ask us how much I should pay you. I have to open a business down there. I don't have to go down there and ask them. Wow. Yeah, afterward, I don't have to go down. So you start to get a up, reputation. They yeah, know. They just come up association saying that I just went to a store, you know, whatever East Broadway, Division Street. I got to open a, a hardware store. Uh, how much I have to pay you for the protection. They would come up and ask me. So it was a known thing amongst the Chinese businesses back then. They knew. You have to pay protection yeah. to whoever gang you're operating, mm-hmm. whose territory you're operating mm-hmm. on. Wow. Some of the other gang, they, they didn't say like, uh, they didn't mention his protection money. They mentioned it's like members fee. Right. And they make a s- certificate from, uh, let's say from uh, Koshado. Uh, Koshado is honor, honor association. Right. They have a certificate and uh, handing up here saying honor association member. Right. And so, then nobody come here and get right. protection money <laughs> except honor. This was like organized extortion. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot like how the early Italian neighborhoods were. You know, it was very common for a deli owner to pay up mm-hmm. every week. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was not, a lot of it wasn't looked at as criminal activity. Mm-hmm. It was just looked at as the way things were yeah. in the community. Yeah. What other uh, criminal activity were the Chinese gangs into back in the 80s? Mm. Besides the drugs. I'm going to get into that later. Not yet. <laughs> drug, Not yet. Drug is like the what end are they of into? Are selling fireworks? Selling fireworks, yeah. Every July 4, Chinese New Year. Massage parlors? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. At that time, at my time, beginning, there's no massage parlor in China. Okay. No. Uh, until middle of 80. Middle of 80. That's yeah. when That's when they started setting up massage parlors, which yeah. were prostitution houses, yes. basically. Yes. Okay. That's so how now, they start. So now, and now uh, you have Chinese pimps, essentially, or, or mm, you know, managers, mm, right? Mm, they have agents. Before, when they uh, start up this kind of massage business, mm-hmm. Is that they have agents from Malaysia or from China or from Taiwan. Oh, right. They have girls coming in every single month. Right. And they will uh they will come to you, ask you, you want you know, you want to change your girl every month, you want to change your girl, you know, uh whatever, different different kind of country. Right. And then they keep you all the girl. Just you keep rotating. You don't the have girls. to get headache with the your Right. Worker, right. okay. You always have worker, and they would pay the agent whatever the commission was, yeah. so you didn't have to pay them anything. Yeah, that's how when when they first start. Wow. They, okay. You, if the girl come here with our agent, right? It's no massage, no massage owner, massage house owner will take her without an agent. You, yeah, with our agent. Right. Right. Okay. She must have her agent first. That's smart. Yeah. Because it keeps out the the cops, yeah. the feds. So did the Tongon eventually get into? Owning massage parlors? Uh, we have the first massage parlor in China, on the upstairs uh, Dong Association. We had the first and one. And they opened up? Yeah. 
And now were these full prostitution houses or just these, like job, uh, like massage, like the first, the first massage house we have is regular massage. No dirty stuff. No dirty stuff. Yeah, low happy ending. Okay. When did we get into happy ending? Uh, after work. You can say after the agent show up. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, and the agent show up. I have girl but, but, but from where they can do the you know happy ending or whatever. So you want to open a new massage parlor for that because we don't want to open a you know whole house upstairs association. Right. That's of course. Bad. Not. That's look bad, yeah. right? So we opened another place. Right. In you know, Manhattan, uptown, maybe midtown. Wow. And uh, how would you guys advertise? This is before the internet. So, how in the 80s, if you had a, a whorehouse, a brothel, how did you advertise to customers? On the newspaper, Chinese newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Right. It makes yeah. sense. Right. The back of the newspaper. Bad damn Chinese newspaper, right? A whole freaking page. <laughs> right. It's massage parlor. Just, just. Av little square advertisements. Whole page. And there were nobody in the cops sp could read Chinese. They do. Oh, Trust well, me, they, they figured do. it out. Yeah, they, they, they brought a few people in. They have a, they have a, a board, uh, put all the newspaper in. <laughs> <here. laughs> but but whatever, care. that's they the nature care. of those yeah. things, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's how you'd advertise. Mm -hmm. And did, do you think those were the hottest brothels, like the busiest brothels out of any ethnicity back then was nah, the Chinese? the busiest brothel is the gambling house, still gambling Still house. gambling, yeah. the biggest business. Okay. Yeah. So you've got your business, your massage parlors, mm -hmm. massage parlors that are also whorehouses, mm -hmm. and you've got your and fireworks, then, yeah. and you've got your extortion. Yeah, and then uh, open a nightclub. Nightclub. Yeah, karaoke. Um, I imagine a lot of these gangsters open like legitimate businesses too, right? Mm -hmm. To move their money through. Mm -hmm. Okay, heroin. Mm -hmm. So the late 70s, early 80s, mm -hmm. the Italian mafia, mm -hmm. who was the supplier, right? They were the wholesaler, bringing the dope over from Europe. Mm -hmm. They get wiped out by the feds. Mm -hmm. The Chinese gangs step up mm -hmm. and fill that void. Tell us about how the how's the heroin from China got, to get in here? That's right. Tell and how were the gangs here involved in it? Okay, um, you know what's triad? Tell in us Hong Kong. Some, no, I've I've heard, but tell us for people who don't know about the Asian triad. Okay, the gangster in Hong Kong, uh, just like New York, they have a different group, different name, but they have a all in one big name called triad, and it's always like. Couples like very famous team and they control like all the heroin business, all the entertainment business, like every group got one kind of Egypt business they control with. And this is over there? Yeah, it's over there. All right. It's over there in Hong Kong. So how do your people start doing this kind of thing? Because uh, people from their group in Hong Kong, they come here to start you know, talking to the leader, talking to the dragon head, and uh, telling them, yeah, we have this kind of stuff. We can give it to you first. After you sell it, we split the money. And that's, you don't have to lay out any money. They just give you first. Wow. And at that time, for one kilo of heroin, let's say, uh, I want US dollar, I want 10 grand. Wholesale. That's what they one would. Kilo. That, and you could sell that on the street for two hundred thousand. 
we don't sell it in the street. We do it in wholesale too. Right. Okay, <laughs> great. So you guys became the wholesalers. Yeah. How how and much could you how could how much could you turn around and sell a wholesale kilo for? Right here? Yeah, in New 150, York. Sometimes 150, sometimes 180. So you you get a kilo for 10 and sell it yeah. for 180? Yeah. Wow. You know how much for cooking back to Hong Kong? How much? How much you can cooking right here? One kilo. Now, time, back then. then, back then in the eighties, maybe like 30, 20, 20 something. Yeah, actually right. cheaper than that. Probably 15, 20, Yeah. You know how much I sell in Hong Kong? How much? Five hundred fifty dollars. Hong Kong dollar. Hong Kong dollar five hundred fifty is like almost hundred grand. So did did they start moving cocaine to Hong Kong? Yeah. yeah. Wow! I never knew that. I this did is that. a scoop. You did, did that? that? Yeah. Yeah. How would you, how much did you move? Like every time, a couple of kilo. How would you get it over there? I have people. Well, tell because me. Because at that time, I'm already a... But how'd you get it over there, though? How'd they get it over there? Before, it's easy. Just like on airplanes, you just yeah, strap it to them? Yeah, I have some girls, girls member, or or I have some kid, girls friend, and uh, they pretend that they're pregnant. Right. They just put it right here and walk and do before X-ray, don't they? You can't tell. I don't know why. <laughs> That's what. So you would buy coke from like Dominican. I remember Dominicans? one time there's a girl, there's a girl bring ten kilo, and a small suitcase inside ten kilo. You just bring it to the Hong Kong. Yeah, like and nothing. Then you call me. Oh, I got here. That's and then a, open that, the open the suitcase like all over, over there. That's a million bucks. Yeah. You made that. Yeah. Jimmy, I, you, I didn't know you were a baller. You, so you were killing it. I, no, I mentioned before I was in Hong Kong for a long time. I, hung, I always go back and forth, back and forth before that. Uh, the longest time I stayed in Hong Kong for two years. But I'm saying Sometimes you were rich. You were making real money. Yeah, but I expend all those money in Hong Kong. Wow. <laughs> every day, every nice light club. Uh, I bought a Ferrari. Uh, I bought a house. And... I spent all the money. So you would buy Coke here for 15 grand and buy uh, 10 kilos? No, 20 something grand. 20? 20, I think 20, 250, 25, 25, 28, something like that. Wow. But yeah. then you make, I mean, off of one brick, $70,000. Four times. Four times. Wow. Four times five. Wow. So that's why so many people do drugs. That's why. I didn't know that many people did Coke. Just like, I didn't know that many, do a lot of people before, do Coke in China? Before, now, if in China, I, I'm talking about Chi uh, Hong, Kong, Hong Kong, not China. Right, right, right. right. With in China, yeah, one grand a coke. You know how much is it? How much? Fifteen hundred. Crazy. China money. Crazy. It's like so, two hundred fifty dollar for a grand. Yeah, yeah, one gram. And it's not a good stuff too. Right, right. So you can get a kilo and step on it a yep. bunch. Yeah. Stretch it. Yep. It's like it's like Australia. Yeah, it's like Australia, it's really expensive. Really Do a lot were a lot of people back in the 80s when you were active in China, were a lot in Hong Kong, were a lot of in people Hong doing Kong. coke? Were a lot of people doing uh, coke? when the time I was in Hong Kong, all my customer is uh, you know, high level, high level people. Gangster. No, not gangster. Movie star, doctor, lawyer. Oh. It's all professional. You sell to Bruce Lee? 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he died already. Okay. Wow. Oh, so so I thought you were selling wholesale to the triads over there. No. Okay. Okay. No. So so getting back now. No, I got connection, you know, after I joined the triad, you know right. that. Okay. And so I got connection. So you and every time I get the stuff, I would call my people and like inside the 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 Dai Lo in uh, Hong Kong, yeah. and oh, I got a couple of kilo of this. You got anyone wants it, and then he would make a connection, and yeah. he would let me know. Wow, and wow. just give it out like this. And, so uh, you were considered a you were a Tongon yeah. in New York, yeah. but in Hong Kong in you Hong were Kong, a triad. Yeah, in Hong Kong I'm Sun Yion. How Sun Yion? Sun Yion. Yeah. What does that mean? That's the biggest triad in Hong Kong. Wow. Asian, you can say, the biggest triad in Asian. Wow. Wow, yeah. so you were just a made guy. Uh, for this? Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Now, in, did you move heroin for the Tongons in New York? No. No? Not for Tongon. Okay. No. But for yourself? For myself, but it's not even for myself, for my, you know, those kids who follow me. Yeah. They have to live too. Mm -hmm. So I get some stuff for them, they sell it to whatever, I don't care. Right. They just make their own money. So were the all the gangs pretty much involved in heroin in the 80s? At that time? Yeah. I can say 80%. Wow. And their customers were Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Every, blacks. Everybody, everybody right. Italian, everybody. You, so you guys were selling to the Italians? Yeah, I went to Howard Beach. Howard Beach, a yeah. A pizza shop, a nice pizza shop. Wow. The bucket over there is not is not is not a, a, a piece of flour. You think? All right, that's <laughs> okay. that's heroin. That's and that's China white heroin. Yeah. Tell us about China white heroin. Like that was all you heard about in rap, East Coast rap back in the day was China white. Because what makes that different than the heroin now and the heroin like on the West Coast or Mexican heroin, as we say? China white is only a brand. It's a brand because Thailand, you know, the most Big shot in Thailand at that time called, I forgot his name. He got arrested. The Kingpin. The Kingpin, yeah. yeah. He got arrested and then, uh, I forgot his name. Right. It's too long ago. First, his heroin don't have a stamp for China White. Okay, China White is like two pentons. And inside, it's like a circle stamp. Left and right got two pentons. Right, right. And inside say China white, like this, right? Okay. And who created that stamp is a guy from in Hong Kong. Uh, I forgot his name either. He get, first he get a stuff from this kingpin in Thailand. And then he make his own stamp. Right. And then people who bought stuff from, from him, they like it. They say, oh, it's real good because he didn't, Make cut with it, right. you know, also all pill. So after like after a while, he got a reputation for 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 him and uh, his brand. Right. So all the other people, all the other drug drug dealer, then they know China White is the good brand. Right. So with you want to deal with him, the first thing he will ask, "What you got? You have China White?" That's the first thing he they uh -huh. ask. So you will get the China way. So, so China white was just heroin from Thailand. Yeah. But branded as branded Chinese heroin. The, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. so so that was powder heroin mm. that you could either smoke or cook up or snort. Mm. And you it, cut. 
it came from right and it uh, came from southeast asia yes thailand burma yes. wherever yeah, yes yes right, right. Yes. okay gotcha mm -hmm. gotcha mm -hmm. and how much heroin did you see at a time did you ever see a big quantities yeah i've been to thailand before yeah oh you've been to thailand yeah in thailand they have a market it's like a supermarket like a whole heroin supermarket a village you walk inside the village they just two on the ground heroin marijuana Whatever they just use the use the old fashioned wave, put it over there and wave yeah. it. Oh, you want a pound? Okay, wow. like this. Crazy, like in bad the movies. Them. Bad damn. Okay. So, no, did you go there to buy heroin? No, no, I go there with one of the Dilo in Hong Kong. He he said you never see this before. I bought something you never see before. Oh. So he bought me over there in Thailand. Wow, dude, that is so when crazy. I, when we first entered the village, I already saw. A Thai, Thai, Thailand's people holding a M16 in front of the gate. And then when we walk by- In front they, of the gay? Like they, the village. Oh, the gate, the sorry. The of the village, they have a big gate. Okay, I they was like, I didn't know they had they gay people They don't let anybody go in. Right. Uh, as long as you know somebody. Yeah. Okay. So after they, after we enter, uh, 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 there's a, a parking, empty space for parking. And then like, we park the car, we walk inside further down, and then it's like a market. It's like a street fair. Wow. And it's just- Just like a street fair. Just dedicated to selling drugs. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because I was curious, man, what's, what are they selling? Because like, now I know, okay, like marijuana, fresh. Right. You know what's that? The same thing like grass. Mm -hmm. Okay, you pick up in the, on the, on the park, same thing, right? You yeah. know what's this? Yeah. So I asked my 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 Dilo, the, the Dilo in Hong Kong, right? Uh, the guy who bought me over there, and say, what's this? I say marijuana. I say what marijuana's for? What five hundred, five hundred or six hundred? I forgot. Thailand's money is like a couple of dollars. <laughs> right. You can get a whole kilo for kilo. like five bucks. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Now, did you, what? Did no part of you feel like okay? I need to start buying wholesale heroin and bringing it over to the U.S. Somebody always doing that, right? Yeah, you didn't want to do that though. Might, nah, I don't too much do risk. Yeah, too much risk. Too, a lot of risk. Uh -huh. Okay, so now at your height, you're mm. this big time drug dealer. I mean, you're making a lot of money. You're going back and forth to Hong Kong. Mm. Uh, what? How? What happened to the gangs in like the late '80s? And I guess how did it end? How did it end? The Fed take over. The feds take over. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so everybody. for for the heroin specifically, or was it Rico's? Everything. Okay. So murder, extortion, wow. gambling, joy, right. uh, massage parlor. They charging for Rico for the Rico Rico conspiracy. Right. And is that how you went down? Did you get caught up in the Rico with them? Before the Fed come down, I already stopped. Stop everything. I knew. You knew it was gonna. Yeah, it somebody, was gonna end. somebody tell me already. Somebody tell me you better stop. You don't stop, you will go in. Who told you? That's secret. Okay. Can we talk <laughs> about it on the Patreon? Can huh? we talk about it on the on the bonus episode? The Patreon That's episode? Huh? Can we? Can we? Can you tell us on the bonus? Uh, okay. You think about it, okay? Okay. Wow, that's a scoop. Yeah. So you had yeah. an inside. Yeah. Yeah. Did Did any of the. Uh, during the height, when you guys were getting that drug money in the 80s, mm -hmm. that heroin money, the coke money, you know, these Chinese gangs are powerful now. Did you guys used to pay off cops? Cop always got paid off before this. Always got paid off. Always got paid off. To, okay. to do what? 
tell you if the to feds nothing, were coming. To do just to just don't arrest the kid on the street. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. The gambling house, the massage parlor, they have salary for the cop. Wow. Yeah. Even all the way back to the the days when it was just that, just gambling. Yeah. They have salary wow. every week. Every week. Mm. Did did the salary go up when the drugs came in? Did you guys have to start paying more? You must have, right? When the time everybody doing drug and I'm not in the street no more. I'm out. Of almost course. out. Yeah. Like, right. Right. like underworld. Right. They won't see me anymore. I'm not gonna hang out in the street, no. you know, whatever. Were you so, still uh, hanging out at the clubs? Like the association? So no. I don't go up there no more. Paying off the cop for this? No. I never did. You never paid off the cops. Mm. Okay. Before before we get out of here, when you said that like you would clean the streets of the prostitutes, like the mm. black prostitutes, mm, mm. did do you feel like you guys kept your neighborhoods, even though everybody's now like real criminals? Mm. Did you guys keep Chinatown clean yeah. and respectable? Yeah. Even through all that? Yeah. Wow. You can ask the the business owner now in Chinatown. Yeah. Ask them. Are there they still say, are there still people that remember the gangs? Yeah. Yeah. When we shooting video in Chinatown, they saw us. They come out, oh Jimmy, Jimmy, what's up? Wow. They that's still amazing. yeah, they, they they like us. Because when we there, it's nothing happens. It's not like now. People go in the grocery and take something, just walk out. They steal, yeah, the not shoplifting. Steal. Now they're not shoplifting. They just took. They, they just, just take. take. They yeah. just take and walk out. Yeah. Now, before. That would never happen. Never happen. You go do this thing, you got killed in China. Wow. Because we we have like we have people to watch the street actually turn like let's say not 24 hours, 12 hours. Yeah. Let's say 20 hours. Every corner, every like couple store away, distant, we got people stand over there. Everybody carry gun. And if they saw somebody fucking around, just they would go shoot them. Yeah. Wow. Just but shoot. but and that would send a message. Yeah. You don't steal in Chinatown. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and do you feel like, so to them, it was worth it. Even though the Tongons yeah. now have massage parlors yeah. and brothels, mm -hmm. the prostitutes aren't on the street yeah. harassing, mm -hmm. you know. The pen, you know, you know how's the pen? Uh, right. Yeah. Right. It's, it doesn't, even though you guys still have these illegal businesses, mm -hmm. the streets are clean yeah. and ordinary people can live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you, and you guys didn't sell retail drugs, it sounds no. like. You guys no. didn't open up crack houses, no. No, things no, like no, that. No, we don't do that. No, never. This is why the Chinese are so good at it because you guys made money and you were quiet. We don't do that. It's not worth it. It's Over not worth it. Kind of, it's not worth it. Like you let more people know this kind of business, man, it's not ego. It's not ego business. Right. Right. It's not like, you, like, like those people standing in the street corner selling drugs. Right. We are not like that. So so it sounds like the shootings mm -hmm. and the gang wars actually kind of stopped or dropped off once the drug money came in. Yeah. Do you know how rare yeah. that is? In every other culture, every other country, mm. when people start making a ton of money from drugs, they, they start fight. killing each other. They start killing each other? They start no. killing each other. But the Chinese, it's the opposite. They're like, guys, we're all getting money. You know, at that time, like everybody making money. Everybody got money. So we go light club every night. Yeah. I always bump into other group. Yeah. Fire Dragon, Gold Shadow, White Tiger, Fee Amazing. We sit together and drink. Bottles on everybody. Yeah. We're getting money. This day, today, oh, you go to trade. Next day, he go to trade. Next day, he go to trade. Right. Okay? And we never get argument. Even though, like, sometimes that happened before. Sometimes in the middle of drinking in a light club, 
uh, we hand out in the lake and then my our phones ring and say saying that oh uh, bah, 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 get fight against the uh, ghost shadow oh they 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 uh, they get argument in the in the perfect party in the you know uh perfect party they start to you know they start to fight each other and uh uh one of the guy called me and uh you know asked me what they should do or they they should you know get the gun you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. i say no wait i don't even have to turn you know turn off my phone i just ask the guy across, hey, go shadow. Your guy's fighting with my guy. <laughs> right. Make a call now. <laughs> right. And then you just make a call. Hey, you guys stop. Squash it. Separate. Squash yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Because now you guys are the OGs. Yeah. You guys and all the younger kids have yeah. to listen to you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of times happen. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. start to fight and they call us right. and then we, we just make a phone call and stop mm -hmm. everything. Uh, so you got out of the game before the, the big federal RICO case yeah. came down on the gangs. Mm -hmm. Did that RICO wipe the gangs out? Yeah. And mm -hmm. they never returned to Chinatown. No, they can't. Okay. They can't. So, and and people ended up getting locked up for a lot of time. Yeah. What year was that? 90, I think it's 90, the end of 92, 93. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and then where where have you been and what have you done after since up. then? What did you do afterwards? Find a decent job working. The first job I got is a security guard working in East Broadway. Really? My own territory. <laughs> wow, your own territory. Yeah, with a uniform. Wow. And I joined the NYPD auxiliary. You became a cop? How long did you serve on the force? No. What's only, auxiliary mean? Auxiliary. Auxiliary police means not a police. Not a volunteer police. <laughs> right. You became a volunteer police. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wow. Because I want to clear clean my background. Right. Yeah. Oh, um, clean your record up. Yeah. So, so you uh, had a record. Not really. I have a lot of arrest reports. Right. But I don't know. You didn't do any real time? I don't time. have any, you know, conviction. Okay. So you never did any real time? I got arrested a lot of times, but every time I beat the case. Even murder case, a Dawson. You beat a murder case? Yeah, I beat a murder case. Tell us. Huh? Please tell us how you beat a murder case. Not by here. <laughs> Not very many people get to say that. <laughs> I beat the murder case. Wow. Yeah. What year? Uh, 87. Wow. I was inside for two years doing, doing the trial. In in the tombs, yeah, I in was in the Chinatown. I, I was in Rockets Island for one year, in Connecticut, Stanford for one another year. Oh shit! Okay, we're gonna talk about that on the bonus episode. Mm. Wow, that's wild! And you beat an extortion case. Mm. Extortion. I beat a lot of case. Attempted murder. Uh, I beat a lot of case. Wow! Yeah. You just had a good I'm lawyer. Lucky. I'm lucky. Yeah, you're lucky too. I'm lucky. I got good lawyer and I got good kid. Good because what? Nobody snitch. Right, right. Was it? It sound, It doesn't seem like there was a lot of snitching happening mm. back, back, then? back then. How did the feds eventually take the the gangs down, though? They must have had somebody talking. Okay, the way they do is different than RPD. The feds always like arrest the you know the small buddy, yeah. the street buddy, and then like try to confess them, saying that like you better say. Uh, ba, 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 uh, who's your dialogue and uh, what your structure is, uh, how you guys, you know, do the draw or whatever. If you you refuse that, you go do lifetime in the jail mm -hmm. or whatever. And those kids, it's only like 14, 15, they're scared. Yeah. Okay, so they start to, you know, open their mouth. Right. And after they open their mouth, 
the Fed got the file. Yeah. They opened another case for another guy. Mm -hmm. So yeah. step by step, they yeah. took the whole group. I bet it took them years, though. Years they, to take you guys down. I, no, I think they, over two years. Yeah. yeah. Were there any, uh, like, undercover agents that yeah. were, became Chinese guys that became part of the gangs? Yeah. Really? A lot. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. Do you know anybody from back then that's gotten out of prison? Like, do yeah. you still know people from that era? Uh, I know you know Michael, obviously, your, yeah, your friend yeah, from yeah. Uh, that you do the channel with. For those people who got arrested at that time, they, I think most of the people got already. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody ended up doing life. Not like the crack dealers, like the black crack dealers. Mm, life. No. Wow. Not my group. Um, Not even the, even Criff. Criff got three life sentence. Oh, right. Because he's the leader of, he's the leader. But he got out. How did he get out? He got cancer. Oh, so they gave him a compassionate. He got cancer and then they just They gave him, him a out. compassionate release? Yeah. He, did he die? He passed away two years ago. Oh. Yeah. At least he got to get out though yeah, before he, got he died. Out after two years and then he passed away. Wow. He still, he, he got two years outside time. Yeah. Yeah. Better than nothing. But he got three years life sentence. Three life sentence. Three life sentence. Wow. Wow. They still kicked him out. Still they kicked him out. Yeah. yeah, because they know they have to put more money for him for the treatment. Right. And they don't want to do that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how I is know a couple of people, not only him, I know like one, two, three, four, four people. They catch cancer, they got life sentence, they kicked him out. Wow. So that's oh a way to get out of prison then. Hope you get yeah, cancer. I don't know why. They, you got to keep drink, drinking that sugar, that processed sugar, <laughs> if, you, if you get a life sentence, you know? Yeah. Hopefully you catch the big one. And they kick yeah, you out. Chris's not the only guy. I know another three guys, they same thing. Yeah. But they after they get out, like one or two, two years or so, yeah. they pass away. Wow. Mm. Uh, how is Chinatown different now? Oh, much different. How? Why? Chinatown don't look like a Chinatown right now. <laughs> for, Why not? for my bed then compared now. Mm -hmm. Okay. My the apartment I live in when I first come to United States, mm -hmm. the went a studio, a little studio, the rent is $200. $200 a month? Yes, yeah, 78 My parents still live there. You're kidding me. For 240 Oh my God. They're living, okay, for people- 42 years later. To pay $240, you for, can't even get a homeless shelter bed in New York for, for $240. Yeah, but the Lakes apartment move out. Yeah. And then now, uh, when last time I went up to my father's house and- uh, I bumped in a five American girl yeah. living in the next to my father's house. Yeah. I asked them how much you pay, $2,000. Easily, for a studio. 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 I bet there's studios in Chinatown now. Like, and, and those Chinatown studios, they're like, what, 400 square feet? Yeah. yeah. Tiny. It's, 370. It's a tiny little kitchen. I still kitchen. remember my father's house is 375. <laughs> 375 square feet. That's barely bigger than a jail the cell. That's tough. Yeah. It's inside the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Okay? These are real you tenements. You never saw an apartment before, like yeah. this. When I first go up, I say, what's this? I ask my, my, my father, what's this? What's this doing here in the kitchen? That's the bathtub. Dude, Jimmy, you got to go do an episode for your channel in your old apartment. <laughs> That's insane, dude. But the shit like that now, 
Probably more than that. People probably spend three thousand dollars a month. I asked on those girls. I said, "Why? Why'd you pay two thousand dollars for a studio like this? It's only three hundred and something square feet." Yeah, but we're in New York. It's hip. Yeah, it's a great say, location. Yeah, save a lot of you know, you know, uh, time for for work or school. Yeah. and they only pay like four hundred dollars each person. Oh, fuck that. But still, they're living. The white rich white girls are living like Chinese immigrants, just so they can have good dim sum down the street. Yeah. You know. But uh, they, they don't have to drive. They now, don't have to think about parking space. Now, a mm. lot of now, did a lot of are there any Chinese people from your generation that still live in Chinatown? Yeah. I know your parents do yeah, still. Parents right. do. Yeah, yeah. Did a lot of people, the get, old generation people, when they first come to the United States, when they first living in a Chinatown, they don't want to move out. A lot of time, couple of times, I tell my parents move to move move come live with me. They yeah. don't want to. Wow. They don't want to. Wow. Why do because they? they got used to it. They right. don't speak English. They just in China, they can speak Cantonese anywhere. Right. Did, they ever anything learn, anywhere. did they ever learn English? No, I don't think so. Wow. Mm. But there's still a lot of Chinese people down there. So they can just operate. So when you go down to Chinatown, the Chinese people you saw right now is always the old generation. Right. You right. see the young generation over there? No, okay. there's no young Chinese. I don't know why. Same in San Francisco. Same in yeah. San Francisco. Because they San get moved, they get money, and they move out. They move to yeah. Queens. They yeah. move yeah. to Jersey, yeah. wherever. So that's yeah. right. The old generation, how they go to dance? After ten or like twenty years, 10 year, twenty years, the most twenty year. Yeah. After they pass away, there's no more China. No more Chinatown. Yep, They're that's what I say. No more Chinatown. China, Chinese, the Chinese are keeping New York. The Jews, the Orthodox Jews, mm. and the Chinese are what keep New York City from becoming like uh, Soho. Mm. Just all white people that are transplants. Yeah. They come here and they have tech jobs. And Even they, though my parents, the place our parents live, uh, Elger Street. I don't know if you heard that yeah. about Elger Street. Before Elger Street, like, at then, it's like the store is always owned by Jewish people. Right. Now, it's like Soho. It's like Soho. It's yeah. Friday, Saturday, there's whole street. Yeah. It's an open street. Mm -hmm. People carrying a, yeah. a beer bottle, yeah. Yeah. drinking on the street. It's like Soho. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's a lot of different. Wow. Amazing, amazing interview. Jimmy, tell the fans where they can find you and your channel, your YouTube channel. Oh, okay. You which can... I cannot wait to watch. I've just had a very busy week, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> my channel is on YouTube, uh, Chinatown Gang Story. You can contact us through the YouTube Chinatown Gang Story and please subscribe. Yes, yes. Go subscribe. Chinatown Gang Stories. You got to go yeah. do those videos in Chinatown. I have, yeah, it's... I have a couple of episodes inside, like, like from the beginning, the whole story. And uh, I have uh, a couple of episodes with uh, Cantonese speaking. Mm. And uh, mm, see so you like it. Yeah, that's a great market. Mm -hmm. That's a great market. You mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of Chinese people, yeah. as we know. Yep. Um, so, and then do you, do you plan on retiring to China? Like, do you have any no. connection to? I have connection in China, but I never think of retiring right, in China. Right, no, no. It's, not, it's not a no. good time. For China, you know, I just tell you, I, I bet and for a lot of time for travel, for visit, it's good. Yeah. But for living there, right. you don't like it. Yeah. yeah. It's like how, it's like LA. Uh, you don't that's like how, it. That's how Los okay. Angeles is. Just for visit. fun, a yeah. couple of months, yeah. yes, you have a lot of entertainment. Right. But not for long term live there. Yeah. Now they're in trouble. Yeah. China's in trouble. Yeah. But uh, amazing. We're going to switch over. 
to the bonus episode now. Mm. Get a quick half an hour episode. Okay. Uh, Jimmy, big mm. head. Uh, your head's not so big. You know, it's perfect, I'd say. Maybe my hair. I don't know. <laughs> so you got, you got great <laughs> hair. Uh, okay, okay, cool. We will see you guys later. All Thanks right, again. Bye. All right, brother. Bye.